0: And so I was, I was talking to Matt this week, and we were talking a little bit about this idea that freedom from when you stay idle in it, it almost just leaves you empty. Like there's not, it just kind of, you're just there. And you're like, I know I'm free from this. And when you stay in that, it's hard to actually move forward. And that's where the cycles start to happen. And you see the cycles in your life, and we all have different cycles. But when you make that move too, When you make that transition from the freedom from to the freedom to, all of a sudden those cycles are broken. It's a two-step process. You have to go freedom from, and then you have to walk out and say, I am free to this. I deserve this. I deserve grace. I deserve mercy. I deserve forgiveness. I deserve full access to the Father as his children. I get to have that. That's for me because he loves me. And because Christ died on the cross for me. So today we're going to talk about the fact that we have full access. We have freedom to complete and full access to God as our children. And I've heard that my whole life. And so for me, I was like, well, yeah, of course we do. But I don't know if we fully grasp that. Because I think oftentimes we think that we have to have it all together before we can actually have full access to him. And we have to, you know, have our ducks in a row. And it's like, no. You've been free from condemnation in the law, boundaries of this world, and power and principalities. So now you have freedom to complete access to your father. There's nothing that stops that. There's nothing that breaks that. So we're going to focus on Romans 8, verses 14 through 16, but I encourage you to go read all of Romans 8. It's beautiful. It builds on it. Um, But but I want to focus in on these three verses. And they say, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, By whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, for those of you who may not know, Romans was written by Paul and it was written to um, a divided church. It was written to the Jews and the Gentiles and they were kind of trying to uh, coexist because they come from two different backgrounds. You have the Jews who have followed the law. They've been, you know, the Old Testament. They have laws. They had ways of doing things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus dies on the cross, and and Gentiles, who were everyone else, is able to have full access to God. But the Jews are like, "But but this is everything that we've done. We've done all of these things, and we've had to do all of these things for generations and generations and generations, and now these people just get to walk in and have complete access to God without having to do anything? Like, that doesn't make sense. But Paul is saying, is speaking to the Jews and speaking to the Gentiles, saying to the Jews, like, you're free from all of those things. And you have the freedom to complete access to God just like the Gentiles do. And it doesn't matter where you're at or what your circumstance is, or where you come from, or what you look like, or what your past is, you have that freedom. We all have that freedom. And I think sometimes we can be like the Jews and the Gentiles. We can sit in this, well, this is what I know. This is what society has told me I have to do in order to accomplish this. But God's like, no. You don't have to be sitting and saying you have to check all these boxes before you come to me before you have the freedom to complete access to me you just get to walk right in you just get to come forward in verse 14 it says for all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god so essentially it's this idea that if we're led by the holy spirit we're automatically sons and daughters of god it's that simple there's nothing more. You, have to, you say yes to Jesus. You say, God, yes, I choose you. you. Like, I want you in my life. I'm saying yes to you every day, even when it sucks and even when it's hard. And then the Holy Spirit leads you, and then you're a son and daughter of God. Amen. There's nothing more you have to do. You don't have to sacrifice animals. You don't have to give... The uh, sacrifice animals the first thing came to mind. <laughs> it's, it's just that beautiful, but sometimes it's, the beauty of that and the simplicity of that is hard for us to wrap our minds around. And so we automatically think there has to be more. There has to be more that we have to do in order to be a son and daughter of God. In order to have full access to him, there has to be something else. And so we search the whole Bible looking for, okay, what else do we have to do? And it's like, no. If you're led by the Spirit, it says, if you're led by the Spirit, you are sons of God and daughters. There's a radical change that has to happen. But then you jump straight into verse 15, which is, I want to sit in verse 15 for, uh, for a little bit, and it says, for you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And in some translations, it says the spirit of sonship. And I think of what we were just talking about, the freedom from to the freedom to. And the freedom from, you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. And, and when, when those chains are broken, but we sit in the freedom from, and we don't transition to the freedom to, then we go straight back into our comfort zone. We go straight back to where we know, that cycle of addiction, that cycle of... Um, of pain, that cycle of sin, it just repeats and repeats and repeats. But when we own that we have received the spirit of adoption, that we have freedom to things, all of a sudden those cycles are left behind. And the freedom that we do have, the, free, the things that we're free from, we're actually free from. We don't just say, oh, I have freedom from this. Like, oh yeah, I walked like... I, I'm free from abuse, I'm free from pain, I'm free from health problems. But, I'm, but like you can sit in that knowledge but not actually do anything with it. So the, the spirit of slavery, this idea of being confined, and slavery is like you, you, you are bound. You don't have freedom when you're a slave. And even the littlest taste of freedom is there's still catches to it. You're still, there's still bondage attached to it. And like one of the things in this verse, it's fear. And I was reading one of the commentaries we were reading was talking about like pre-conversion, pre when you're in this spirit of slavery, so you see God as a judge. And pre-conversion doesn't mean... Like you can, you can believe that Jesus died on the cross for your savior, as, died on the cross for your sins, and that He is your personal Lord and Savior, and you can believe that. But the pre-conversion is, bef- is before you step into the love that God has for you. That's it. That's it. So, before you step into that love, that freedom, mm-hmm. you see God as judge. You see him as this person who is ready waiting to, waiting to just, like, slam down the hammer on you. Waiting for you to mess up. Waiting for you to not check one of the boxes. And just, like, sitting there. And, and, and just, you're just waiting. But when you step into and you break the spirit of slavery, and you step into the spirit of adoption... And you experience his love the post conversion you can't go back you 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 cannot go back to being bound as hard as you try as most as and and as much as it might feel like you are you know that you are God's kid and you know that like you are changed and God no longer is waiting for you to mess up but he's saying hey when you do mess up I'm here and hey when things are going good and great I'm still here and you get to come to me no matter where you're at no matter what you think no matter what you're struggling with and I'm here and I'm your dad and I love you and you know that love and you experience that love This idea of adoption is, and oftentimes we think of it as like, well, God chose us. But there's a different word that I think hits even closer to home. It's acceptance. Because adoption means you're going to accept every part of me, the good and the bad. So God's saying, I accept you for who you are. And I'm not asking you to for you to be anything more than who you are. Now I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna push you to be better, and I'm gonna challenge you, and we're gonna grow, but I accept you where you are. I want you where you are. Another reason that Paul used um, adoption as this is the word here in Romans is because it was a big part of the greco-Roman culture, so the Gentiles would have really resonated with this idea of adoption um, but the beauty of it is that adoption meant that it was it gave the child that was adopted into a family a new status, a new identity and so this whole idea of so oftentimes so sorry oftentimes um a child was adopted not uh, because they needed to be, but because uh, it would be a slave family who could see that they could give them to their owners or give it to someone who had more standing and see it as a way for their child to have a better future. So it was families often said, my child, I want for you something better. So here, I'm going to give you a family. Now, when the family adopted, When the father brought in the child and he adopted him, that adopted child had the same rights, had the same access, had the same inheritance as the children that were of his same blood. So no matter what his status was before, no matter what his socioeconomic status was before, no matter what family he came from before, no matter what background he had before, that was a race and he was given a new identity. He was given... A new status. So why do we think we don't get that? Why do we think that we have to sit in the spirit of slavery when it says so clearly, like, we have received the spirit of adoption because we've said yes to Jesus. So we have a new status. We have new identity. Everything that has happened before, every Trial and mishap and mistake, everything that bogs us down, it doesn't matter. Because God has given us a new status as His children. He's saying, You have everything. You have everything that my son has. Nothing more, nothing less. And the nothing less part is what gets me. And we're human. Jesus came down, he became human, but he was still God. Like, how do we deserve what he has? But for some reason, we do. And it's because we have a new identity, and we have a new status, and God has adopted us into his family, and he has accepted our humanness and sees through that and sees our hearts and sees our spirit. And so... And then it goes into this whole idea of, like, okay, we've been accepted and, and we've been adopted into the Father, and then we get to call him Abba Father. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but that's, like, a super intimate term. It's not seen throughout the Bible as often. And, in, in fact, the Jews oftentimes didn't even use the word Abba. It was that intimate of a term. But Jesus opened the door to using that when he spoke the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, yeah. And he said, our Father. Yeah. Saying to his disciples, you get to call God father too. He's for you. You are his children. And so Abba is an intimate word in the Aramaic language. It means daddy. And that might be a little bit weird for some people to be like, daddy. But I don't know about you, but when I call my dad daddy, not just when I want something. <laughs> When I call my dad, Daddy, still at 26, it's an intimate thing. I don't often call him that. Oftentimes, I just call him Dad. But when I say Daddy, there's this respect, there's this adoration, there's this love. And And Paul is saying, like, because you've been adopted... We don't just get to say, Abba, Father. We get to cry, Abba, Father. So when you're in those moments of, like, just hurt and pain, and you're, like, in despair, you get to cry, Abba, Father. And when you're on those mountaintops, you get to shout, Abba, Father, because you have been adopted, because you've been accepted, because you have complete and full access to God as your Father. And there's nothing more that you have to do, and there's, and it's just like, like, it, it's just so beautiful to think about the fact that we get that gift, and we don't have to do anything, and for the Jews and the Gentiles, they both resonated with that word, Abba, so it, it, it started to unite them to see that they both had access. Yes. Again, we don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> we get yeah. to be with Jesus. We get to call him Abba. Right. We are adopted. We are accepted. So then what happens when those moments sneak up? Because they do. And you're living and you're, you're here on Sunday and you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, that's right, I am adopted. And no matter what circumstance I'm in, like God loves me where I'm at. Okay, so what happens on Wednesday, when something happens, and and that lie sneaks up and says, um, "Are you sure?" Like you know what you did last night, right? <laughs> or you know the thought you just had five minutes ago, right? Like, are you sure? That you're adopted are you sure that you have complete access to god maybe you have access to god in this area of your life but in this area you still have some work to do before you can just go to him no no no. but in verse 16 it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god so when those moments happen when those lies come up that means the holy spirit says no Uh he tells your human flesh he says to your spirit no Like, he intercedes for us. He is the inward assurance that no matter what, we are adopted, we are accepted, and we are sons and daughters of the king, and we have full access to him. And we get to walk into that. And we get to be a part of that. God adopted us because he loved us. He (laughs) loved... It just makes me, like, smile. It makes me all giddy, just thinking about... The the love of the Father. And in 1 John 3, 1, it says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Like, his love for us. He loved us so much that he said, I want you to be my kids. No matter what, I want you to be my kid, and I want you to have complete access to us. So then he, and then on top of that, not only does he love us, but he redeems us and he gives us a new status, like we talked about this idea of identity. He says, you're no longer what you were. I don't want that for you. I want you to be more, and I believe you can be more. So he believes that for us. And then we start, when we start acting in that identity, and that new identity, again, we step from the freedom from into the freedom to. And we move and we, and we go from one place to the other. Some of us are a little bit more literal. And we might think, okay, this is great. And it all makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. But like, how do I know that I actually have complete access to God? Well, I'll tell you. It says in Matthew... 27:51 And behold the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split so that was right after Jesus had given his last breath and committed his spirit and the veil was torn So that means you no longer have to go to someone who then goes before the Lord for you No longer did a priest have to have something tied around his ankle as he walked into the presence of the of the Lord in case he had to be dragged out because he was struck down in the presence. No longer did you have to like stand there waiting patiently saying, Okay, what did the Lord say to you? What did you learn? God said, Jesus died. That veil was torn. That means you get to walk right in to the Holy of Holies. That means that you get to walk straight in to his presence and be a part of him at all times. I think we skip over that part. And when that hit me, I'm not kidding, I was driving, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, oh, my gosh. The veil was torn, and that is our actual, like, physical, in the Bible Acknowledgement that we have complete access to God. Amen. You honestly cannot argue that you don't. Yeah. Because it's right here. The veil was torn in two, from top to bottom, never to be put back up. So you get to walk right in and experience all that God has for you. This, this personal relationship that God has for you. This desire. And it's hard sometimes because we have things here on earth that get us distracted. And it might be that understanding this idea of full access to God as our father is hard because your relationship with your earthly father isn't good. But it also might be that it's hard for us to grasp because the relationship with your earthly father is too good. And you have both sides. And it's, it's in those moments that you have to realize that what we have here on earth is beautiful. And the experiences that we've had with our earthly fathers here on earth, though good or bad, they're earth. Uh, (laughs) And who God is as a father, he's always there. And you might not have been able to be the little girl or the little boy who crawled up on their dad's lap and cried when they had a scrape or a scratch. And you might not have been the person that was able to go and give your... Um, problems, or your, or your excitement, or you know, all of the exciting things to your earthly father, or you might have been able to. Yeah. But no matter what, you get to do that right. to Jesus. You get to say, "Hey, guess what, God? Like, I, I worked really hard on this. Like, I worked so hard on this, and 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 look, I got an A. Yeah. Like." I, I, I'm a grade-driven person, so I got an A. <laughs> I did good. You know, like, I think about after I give, um, after I preach, I kid you not, I'm nervous every single time. And, uh, and I think after I preach, and any time Matt and Jamel come up, they're like, hey, you did really good. I'm like, God, I got an A. <laughs> like, but really, like, you got an A. Like, Good job. And you get to bring those excitements and those things to him. But then sometimes when the world hits you hard and knocks you off your feet, you get to crawl, and sometimes it's like an army crawl, up to his feet and just weep. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just get to be. And that's because Jesus died on the cross, and that's because the veil was torn from top to bottom. And that's because he said, I love you enough to adopt you into my family. I love you. I accept you. You have a new identity and a new status. What you were is no longer. What you are is what matters. It's, it's almost too easy. It's almost too easy to think about this because it's an easy, it's a it's a topic that we talk about all the time we're children of God but that full access that's the part that we get tripped up on so as we close today as (laughs) as we wrap up um, I don't know where you're at I don't know if you're in the pre-conversion or the post-conversion where it's, you see God as your judge and you see him as that person just waiting for you to mess up. Or maybe you're like, I know God loves me and I've experienced that and I'm in that post-conversion and I have experienced the love of God but I don't know if he wants all of me I don't know if I get to have complete access to him as my father. There's, there's something that holds us back from going to God completely. And we all have that thing, that voice that the spirit needs to bear witness to and say no. You are perfect just the way that you are in the eyes of God because you've been adopted and you've been accepted and you've been given a new status. And you've been given a new reality. Our our pastors and our prayer counselors will be in the corners um, waiting to pray for you.